right, here we go for Saul 103 and a brand new month. Wow, February 1st. Keep saying this every time. Where did January go? But here we are, February 1st, and the uh, All-Star weekend is here. But really have to send out some thank you cards to a couple of people today. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, minus one in Edmonton right now, plus eight for a high. And uh, temperatures continue just to be outstanding here as we uh, hit the month of February. It's uh, an exciting time to be a hockey fan in these parts for sure. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 on the AM dial, on our platforms, on our apps, and on Sports 1440.ca. Big night in the NHL last night, not on the scoreboard, but in the trade department, and that's where we send out the two thank you cards to Patrick Alvine and Craig Conroy. Flames GM, Canucks GM, and hey, Patrick Alvine just signs a three-year contract extension, gets right at it. Makes the big trade with Vancouver and Calgary uh, doing some business with Elias Lindholm heading to the Vancouver Canucks for Andre Kuzmenko and then some other parts and picks. Uh, Calgary also picked up Vancouver's first-round pick, and a fourth-round selection in 2024. Now, that fourth-round selection bumps up to a third round if the Canucks move on to the Western Conference Final. Then the Flames also received a couple of prospects, uh, Hunter Bruskevich and Yoni Yermo, which left Calgary Flames fans racing to hockey DB to figure out just who the heck Hunter Bruskevich is. Uh, kind of a puck-moving defenseman for Kitchener. Has a whole boatload of of points this year in the OHL and kind of wondered and you're looking at all the stats and just kind of where he was sat with he's a, he's an American didn't make the US junior team but he's 19 years old at 69 points so far eight goals 61 assists in 47 games for Kitchener in the OHL he was the third round pick by the Canucks in last year's 2023 NHL Draft. Uh, the other prospect uh, is uh, Yoni Yermo from uh, Finland. He's playing in Liga in Finland. And uh, we'll see exactly where these two prospects pan out. Yoni Yermo. But Andre Kuzmenko, now a Calgary Flame, fell out of favor, fell out of... Um, he was in the doghouse, you could say, with Rick Tockett in Vancouver. Had a sensational, an unbelievable first full season in the NHL, cashed in on a big contract. Uh, Lindholm, to be honest with you, he's only got nine goals, 23 points this year. Lindholm last year, pardon me, two years ago, had a phenomenal season when he was a 40-goal man for Calgary. And we're going to dissect the Calgary Flames roster compared to the Edmonton Oilers roster. Remember, they just met in the playoffs in 2022 where the Oilers defeated the Flames in five games. It was a phenomenal uh, feeling in the Saddleham in Calgary when Connor McDavid scored the overtime goal for the Oilers to advance to the next round. But we're going to look at the two rosters. You won't believe what the two of them look like just a year and a half later. Like a year and a half later. Uh, later. Uh, Kuzmenko really an off season in Vancouver after he was he was an undrafted free agent. Just to 21 points, 8 goals this year, but last year he had 74 points, 39 goals. They thought this guy was going to be the next big sniper in the NHL but just did not he was not on the same page with Rick Tockett. Healthy scratch several times in Vancouver 
And now Elias Lindholm, a member of the Vancouver Canucks. Shoot us off a text, 1-833-401-1440. 1-833-401-1440. Who won the trade? Who do you think won the big trade? So, as mentioned, a year and a half ago, a little over a year and a half ago, the Oilers met the Calgary Flames in the playoffs. Calgary was coming off a 50-win season. Daryl Sutter was at the helm. But since then, the Calgary Flames roster has been totally dismantled. Just, there's, the best player, if you want to look at the roster of Calgary's team that played the Oilers that night in the saddle dome, the best player left on Calgary's roster might be Andrew Mangiapane. That's how bad the Flames have gone south. That's how bad this team is right now. Johnny Gaudreau, gone to Columbus. Matthew Kachuk, gone to Florida. Elias Lindholm, now gone to Vancouver. I would expect, you would think that Noah Hannafin and Chris Tanev are going to be gone. You would think. I, you know, Tanev is, he, he's, both guys are UFAs. But, you know, Hannafin is a, is a guy where he'd be looking at a longer-term contract wherever he goes. These guys, you would think they have to be gone. So take Hannafin and Tanev out of the equation as well. So let's just move this forward a little bit. You got Michael Backlund still left. Mangiapani still left. Blake Coleman still left. Dylan Dubé, we know what's up with him. Not going to be around Calgary ever again. Oliver Shillington, he's been out for a long time, just kind of returning to the lineup right now. Tyler Toffoli, gone, traded. Sean Monahan traded. Nikita Zadorov, traded. You can go down the list. It's, it's insane. There are probably only five or six players left from that Calgary team that played the Oilers in the 2022 Stanley Cup playoffs that are remaining on this team, which is just crazy. The Oilers, on the other hand, if you count Stuart Skinner in the equation, the Oilers would have about 13 to 14 guys left off that team. Skinner obviously was, you know, he, he only played a handful of games for the Oilers that season. But the Oilers have a ton a ton of guys left. And all also the core. They have their entire core. The Flames roster right now, th- this is a roster in total disarray. Total disarray with Johnny Huberto, Jonathan Huberto making 10 and a half. Nazem Kadri's on the back nine here. <sighs> Craig Conroy has a lot of work to do. Calgary is not going to make the playoffs for a long time. A long time. Raw Dog Reed says, if Lindholm resigns, I think Vancouver wins the trade. If not, Calgary wins. Well, there lies the rub. How can Vancouver resign Elias Lindholm when you've got to sign EP40, Elias Pedersen? Who's going to be making what? He's he's going to be making in the 10, 11, 12 million dollar range, probably 11. Caps going up. Pedersen's hitting it at the right time. Man. Last night in the NHL, three games, and now we are into the all-star break. Ottawa with another big overtime win. 
Senator showing a little bit of life. Way too late, but beat Detroit 3-2 in overtime. L.A. gets it back on the rails for a little bit. Beats Nashville 4-2. Dave Riddick had a big game uh, for the Kings. Uh, Nashville probably outplayed L.A., but L.A. wins it 4-2. And then the game of the day. Was it the St. Albert Dodge game of the day, Duke? San Jose and, and your Anaheim Ducks? It was my game of the day, Kevin. <laughs> the St. Albert Dodge Duke day, Duke game of the day. Oh, man. You're the only guy in town that stayed up for it. Uh, actually, a friend texted me last night, and he, he thinks I might be the only person in the world who stayed up to watch that <laughs> hockey game. Uh, it, and it was uh, it was far from a riveting affair. Um, two bad teams playing it out. Uh, oh, man. 3-2 yeah, um, Anaheim, by the way. 3-2 the, Anaheim. Ducks win in overtime yeah. off a nice little two-on-one rush with the Troy Terry and NHL All-Star Frank Vitrano uh, <laughs> sending himself into the into the All-Star break oh, on a positive on. note. Uh, game, hey, Vitrano had a great start to this year uh, back when the Ducks were actually uh, looking that's like what I the, think of All-Star. I the, think of that. The surprise, uh, the surprise team early on. They have since faded, as we're all mm-hmm. well aware. Um, but I was I continue to be impressed with Owen Zellweger. Uh, key, like not uh, not hesitant about getting up with the play. You know, playing his game. He's an offensive defenseman. Uh, rang one off the poster, the crossbar early in the game last night. Hmm. He's a, he's a fun player to walk like a little or watch a little water bug out there. I know uh, Jason Strudwick's a big fan of him. Uh, played at Struddy's uh, <laughs> alma mater out in uh, out in Kamloops for Zellweger. Finished his dub career there. So um, that that's kind of where I'm at with the Duck season. Of course, Minchikov and Zegers out to injury. It's like watching the guys like Carlson, Zellweger, uh, Lacombe yeah. on the back and seeing how the, the next wave continues to progress, right? I, I, I mean, like, hey, wins a win. I, you know, I followed Zellweger a lot. We did lots of stories with him over the years because of World Junior and things like that. Do you remember the one power play? Okay, and I didn't watch the whole game. I'll tell you what the highlight of the game was listening uh, to the game. One little ditty that I thought was kind of interesting. But... Zellweger is on the power play and he, he's doing the Evan Bouchard so he's carrying the puck up and he, he's getting ready to do the old drop to Connor McDavid way back and he looks back and there's no one around. No one there. There's no one around and and, and actually the Sharks had it played quite well. Mm-hmm. They, they said, well, go ahead. And Zellweger was kind of going, well, I don't think I'm supposed to carry it in. <laughs> so I'll turn around and fire it back and it was like there was no one there and then I don't know who, who the heck he was even passing to but... I thought the, the the craziest aspect of the whole game was um, Brian Hayward was talking about. He was he does the, the color color for the Ducks broadcast. Yes, and they had the ISO of Sharks coach uh, David Quinn, and they're saying about well, and so and so they're going this to this sunny locale for the All Star game in the break, and this player is going there, and that player is doing this, and David Quinn. Hasn't eaten all day. He's going in for hip replacement surgery in the morning. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that. I, I, I missed that. I, I might have stepped away for a moment, but that that is rich. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> so David Quinn, when, and, he, and he they expect him to be back, ready to roll on the ice, probably just kind of standing on the ice for a practice or something like that, yeah. and be behind the bench when uh, the Sharks return after a 10-day break. But that's how you're spending your All-Star break. Go get a new hip. Not uh, yeah, not quite on the same level as some of his uh, his players. How they're spending their breaks. No. I think. I mean, it's so funny. Like all the we we know that it's very popular for a lot of players across the All Star break to take a vacation, right, a mm-hmm. mid season break. Um, the players that live in these locales that are virtually a locate uh, vacation themselves, San Jose, Anaheim, Los Angeles, South Florida, um, even a place like like Dallas to an extent. Like, do they still like? Oh, I got to get away, and I'm going to Mexico. Yeah, well, they'll go where the buddies go, where where, where your buddies are going. Yeah, you're going. that's and fair. 
I think some of those guys maybe might head up uh, to Palm and Vegas area, maybe. Mm, maybe, that would make sense. maybe, you know, you're not worried about for those guys, because now you don't have to worry about, you know, going to another country, you know, customs, all that stuff. And it's kind of the same thing anyway. But I think a lot of them just zip down there and they got the bucks. Duke. That, uh, oh, buddy. They do got they, the bucks. Do they ever? They ain't got money to spend. So, uh, and I wonder, I imagine there's probably any. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some that are, you know, from the South Ontario region. Maybe they do migrate back to Toronto and, and take in All-Star Weekend mm-hmm. from um, one of the biggest hockey markets uh, that uh, that's available. So who knows? Maybe maybe that's how some, some players will spend their breaks. Isn't it great that we have Flames fans that listen to the show? Here's a text comes in from Anthony in, in the hat. It's win-win for the Flames. If you can't beat them, sell off all your pieces to a rival who has a chance to stop them. As long as the Oilers don't win, it's worth it. Anthony in the hat. I love your optimism, Anthony. We had a te- love this, the canacy. We had a text come in right at the end of the Gregor show last night, so I'm not sure if the, they would have even <laughs> got to it. But from Donnie M, is Lindholm to Vancouver so the Flames make it harder for the Oilers to get the cup? Well, that one too, and I have to, this has been an old joke, and you, I don't know if you saw the other the other text that came in, and uh, this this joke's been going around for a long time, but I'll just say it to you, Duke, just to, uh, I'm sure you've heard it, mm-hmm. and I'm sure many of our listeners have heard it. Uh, the text comes in, and we don't have a name on it, but I just have to read it because it's such a it's such a good old joke. It goes like this. A good friend of mine has two tickets to the 2024 Super Bowl, 50-yard line box seats. He paid $2,500 each. But he did not realize last year when he bought the tickets, it was going to be on the same day as his wedding. If you are interested, he is looking for someone to take his place. It's at St. Michael's Church at 3 p.m. The bride's name is Sheila. She's five foot four, about 115 pounds. She'll be the one in the white dress. Did you see that one, Duke? I did, and I have yeah. seen it before. It's an oldie, but that, a goodie. That's the old... Uh, it's an oldie, but like, a goodie. Oh, the old knee slapper. You, yeah. you read that, and you give it a crack <laughs> across your thigh and give it no. a good guffaw, and... And just like... Then you, you see, see it crop up on your uncle's uh, Facebook page next year. Yes, again. <laughs> you see it all the time. It's just like the old joke when a team's not playing well, and someone had... I had two tickets, uh, two Oiler tickets on my dashboard, oh. and uh, someone broke in and, and left, left two more. more. Classic. You know, classic. Uh, classic. classic. Uh, busy show. Really busy show coming up uh, today. We've got Ryan Pike from Flames Nation right around the bend to talk about the big trade with Elias Lindholm and Andre Kuzmenko. Laddie Schmid will be our co-host as he is every Every Thursday, lots to talk about with Laddie, uh, a new initiative with OEG. Every kid deserves a shot. Plus, uh, he's got kind of a new company going on with uh, the Schmieds Elite. We'll uh, get into that. But we've also got uh, Mark Spector, Frank Cervelli, double barrel shotgun insiders from Rogers Sportsnet and Daily Faceoff coming up at 8 and 8.20. Hey, an old teammate of Laddie's, Ethan Morrow, Chopper, will uh, check in at 9 o'clock. And we'll uh, have a good little conversation with Ethan Morrow and uh, talk about old times with uh, Schmid, Morrow, all the times that they had here in Edmonton. And now he's at uh, Notre Dame College, Athol Murray, Notre Dame College in Saskatchewan. So at uh, 10 o'clock, Tyler Greenslade, the, the Harry Ainley Titans are getting ready to rock and roll today with Triprov. It's one of the biggest basketball tournaments going. 50th anniversary. They're going to be honoring longtime coach, teacher, and Edmonton City Councilor Brian Anderson. And we'll also talk about Lawal Guacu played at Harry Ainley under uh, Greenslade, and now that he signed with Tampa Bay. And also, we might as well throw this at you tomorrow, 
Lawal Uguak will be in studio with us. Lawal Uguak will be in studio with us tomorrow at 8.20 with Eddie Steele. you got two defensive ends. Going to be able to chew some fat here in the Sports 1440 studios. And then at 10.20, Ian Herbers, Golden, Men, Golden Bears men's hockey coach, will preview this weekend's massive, massive double dip with UBC starting tomorrow night at Claire Drake Arena and then on Saturday as well. Coming up around the bend, around the pike, it's Ryan Pike, the turnpike from Flames Nation and our puck report. Uh, that's on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Oh, you can't beat that, Duke, for a Thursday morning, old Johnny Cat. Outstanding. Uh, time now for the puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. And Fountain Tire is more than just tires. They offer a wide range of auto repair and services from their expert mechanics. Visit FountainTire.com to see all the mechanical services that they offer as we welcome in Ryan Pike from Flames Nation. Ryan, good morning. Welcome back to Sports 1440. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Just doing excellent up here and a lot of buzz down there in Calgary. What is the buzz? What's the feeling in Flames Nation after the big trade last night? Well, I mean, if we're being completely honest here, I think the Flames are sort of using this season as an evaluation period of sorts on some of their guys. I mean, you know, if you want to chalk up last year and the disappointing finish the Flames had under Daryl Sutter to sort of the Sutter of it all, then you kind of needed a few games, a few months to sort of figure out what the Flames had independent of uh, their former coach. And for better or for worse, the answer has been they're basically a 500 team. And the big question is, do you want to pay a premium to maintain a roster that is very 500 the last little while? And the answer we've gotten, it seems, has been no. Uh, the, the Flames, you know, when, when Craig Connery came in as general manager, he inherited seven pending unrestricted free agents. He's re-signed Michael Backlund for a couple of years to be the team's captain. And other than that, I think he's looked at some futures. And this is the, the third uh, sale of a pending restricted, pending unrestricted free agent. And you can make an argument. It's, uh, you know, all due respect to Tyler Tatoli and Nikita Zadorov. This is probably the the big fish uh, between Lindholm and, and Noah Hannafin that Conroy had to dangle in the trade market, and he got five assets for it. And I think uh, based on the the quality and quantity of uh, the pieces that the, the Flames got back, it it seems on paper like a pretty fair trade for both sides. Do you think? I mean, obviously they they think that Kuzmenko can return to his form from last year. Is that the feeling in Calgary too? I think it's a it's a Qualified bet, uh, you know, the, the Flames in the Tyler Tipoli trade uh, received Diego Sharon Govich, who had, you know, in two seasons with the, the Devils, you know, the preceding season, he was very good. The, the season uh, before or after that, he was kind of very ordinary. And when Timo Meyer arrived, he was sort of sitting on the sidelines because of just the, the lack of roles for him. But Sharon Govich has turned into a really mm-hmm. good find for the Flames, and arguably, along with Blake Coleman, one of their more you know, consistently strong offensive players. I think that's the kind of bet the Flames are making with Kuzmenko. He, he signed for the rest of this year and all of next season at a $5.5 million cap hit. And if you're the Flames, you need guys for next year. 
And so he's a guy you can roll the dice on. And if he's good, you either keep him or sell him. And if he's not good, you get out from under the contract in a year anyway with, with uh, no fuss, no muss. So, you know, if you're the Flames, it seems like a, a reasonable gamble. It was probably something the Flames had to do to make the money work for Vancouver because, you know, the, the Canucks are actually, I think they have $650,000 fewer in cap commitments than they started with. So from a Canucks standpoint, if, if they're rolling the dice on making a run this year, uh, they kind of needed to move out something significant cap-wise to make the money work, and Kuzmenko appeared to be the odd man out. So we'll see. It's it's uh, going to be someone that the I think Plains fans are very curious about seeing if he can recapture his 39-goal form from a year ago. Ryan Pike with us from Flames Nation on Sports 1440. I would assume that uh, many Flames fans were rushing to Hockey DB to check out the name Hunter Brustavich. I don't think many people in Calgary knew all much about him, but I think they do know a little bit about him today. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a name that is hard to spell and hard to pronounce, <laughs> but once you wrap your head around it, I think he's a pretty exciting young player. He was a, a third-round selection by the Canucks in last year's draft, and he was a pretty good OHL offensive defenseman a year ago, and, you know, some questions about just overall consistency sort of slid him from the second round mix into the third round. So I think the Canucks got good value with that pick. And for the Flames, I mean, the Flames are a team that, you know, if you look at their positional depth chart, you know, their big glaring hole uh, overall was defensemen. They, they needed uh, some defensive depth in their system. And between Yoni Irmo and especially Hunter uh, Brustevich, I think they got what they needed. You know, Hunter Brustevich is third in the Ontario Hockey League in points right now. Like, not just for defensemen, for points. He leads all the all defensemen in points. He's had a, a really, really strong year. And typically with these, you know, young offensive line defensemen, if you look at the, the details of how they get their points, it's usually they're just feasting on the power play. Mm-hmm. Uh, of his sixty nine points, he's only got eighteen on the power play. He's managed to really, really feast uh at five on five. He's got fifty even strength points in forty seven games. And a lot of forwards don't get that. So he's, at the very least, uh, a really, really special offensive junior player. And if you're the Flames, I think you, you look at the package he has and the performance he's had this year, and I think he's a guy that you're willing to, to work with and try to develop because if he can you know, keep improving and rounding out his game, especially his defensive mm-hmm. game, he could be someone that is an absolute steal uh, looking back on this trade. Uh, Ryan Pike with us from Flames Nation. Maybe a question or concern, and I'm not sure if you can answer this, but do you know why that he did not make the U.S. Uh, junior team for the World Championship, that he was not on the roster? I'm just looking. When you see a guy that has 70 points as a defenseman, you kind of go, why wasn't he on that team? Is there Was there a reason or anything that you know of? I would, I would say not to, not to speak ill of USA Hockey, but USA Hockey generally tends to take at the World Juniors and the under-18 sort of guys that are in their system already. So typically you see a lot of college players and a lot of guys who are currently with the U.S. National Development Program. And, you know, mm-hmm. Brusevich was in the, the development program for a couple of years, but then he sort of left the college route to uh, to go into the OHL. And, you know, they, they typically only take one or two uh, Canadian junior players uh, per World Junior cycle. And so those pots are pretty mm-hmm. hotly contested, and they tend to go with guys they know a bit better. Hey, Ryan, so when are the other shoes going to drop here on, you know, with Tanev and, and Noah Hanovan? How close? And I would imagine that is, is Vancouver still in the mix? I mean, they were, there were rumors Tanev would maybe surface out there. But uh, where do you think Craig Conroy goes with these two uh, UFA defensemen? 
Well, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, I think they had a, a pretty clear price in mind for what they wanted to get for Elias Lindholm. Uh, you know, the, the, the chatter was they would like a first-round pick and a pretty to very good prospect, and I think they, they landed that uh, and then some with this trade. And I think for, for both Tanev and Noah Hannafin, I think they have a price in mind. And I think, you know, especially for, for Hannafin, I think the price starts with the first-round selection. And I think I don't think that uh, – I would, I would argue that getting the first-round pick they wanted for Elias Lindholm and getting it five or six weeks out from the trade deadline probably strengthens their resolve to, to get what they want to get for, for Tanev and, and uh, Noah Hannafin. So I think if you're, the, if you're a Flames fan in, uh, in your market listening, I think they probably want to get a first-rounder plus for Hannafin. And, you know, we, we've heard chatter that, you know, Typically, players of Tanifin's quality go for a second round or plus uh, in the trade market. But, you know, uh, plenty of folks uh, in various markets, Rick Dallawal in, in Vancouver has been all over mm-hmm. all over this, as he tends to be with a lot of Vancouver trades. And, you know, he sort of mentioned that there's over 10 teams sniffing around Chris Tanev. And, you know, it seems quite probable that... Uh, the Flames could get another first-round pick for Hanson and another first-round pick for Chris Tanev. Mm-hmm. And if you're the Flames and you're going into a bit of a, a reload cycle, uh, you know there's really no better way to reload than the draft. And if you're heading into the next draft or two with multiple first-round picks, I, I think you're pretty happy with that as a start. Ryan Pike from Flames Nation, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Is there any chance, Ryan, that Noah Hannafin wants to re-sign in Calgary and the Flames want to re-sign him for what would be a really long-term big, big deal? Well, there's always a chance. I mean, you know, Noah Hannafin's always been very complimentary of the organization and the city. You know, I think the elephant in the room is he's uh, he's an East Coast kid and, you know, he's played you know, a lot of his career, you know, he played initially in Carolina, but he's, he's been away from home for the better part of six years. And, you know, all things being equal, if I can get paid well and be closer to my loved ones, I'd consider it. And so, you know, I don't think there'd be any ill will towards the player if he opted to, to go a little bit closer to home. And so I think if you're the flames, you have to think of, okay, is he going to, are you going to have to quote unquote overpay to get him to stay? And if so, would an overpayment be worth it? Because, you know, you're going to have, you know, the, the cap's going to keep going up. And while the Flames will need to find players to fill out their roster for the next few years as they creep towards opening that new building in 2027, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're also going to be in a situation potentially where there's going to be other teams, you know, you're, you're, the crew in, in your town, they've already spent their cap mm-hmm. uh, bump for next year. And there's going to be a few teams like that who have sort of spent the, the cap increase already and need to be bailed out a bit. And if you're the Flames, you got to do a balancing act because while, you, you know, you probably won't be able to find a, a player of Noah Hannafin's quality in the UFA market this summer or even in the trade market, you know, you're probably being able to find some value uh, looking at teams that maybe have overextended themselves a bit. So, you know, for, for me, if, if uh, my gut feeling right now is I don't think Noah Hannafin is with the Flames past uh, March 8th, but, you know, I've always, I'm always open to being surprised. And, you know, it's one of those things where there's an affection between the team and the organ- and the player and I think vice versa. But I think both sides also have a price tag in mind that they want. And, I'm, you know, if to be blunt, if they had a number in common, they probably would have figured out something by now. Mm-hmm. Ryan Pike with us uh, from Flames Nation. Ryan, when you look at, and let's circle back to the Kuzmenko acquisition, is there a chance that Kuzmenko and, and Sharon Govich uh, end up playing on a line together? 
Oh, definitely. I think uh, I'm uh, the thing I'm very curious about for the Flames for the next uh, few months is who the heck's going to play center because mm-hmm. you know they have Nazem Kadri, they have Michael Backlund. Kadri and Backlund both have really well defined roles on the team. You know, Kadri's been playing with some of the younger players, and you know, Backlund's sort of their their go to tough minute shutdown guy. And you know, for Kuzmenko, I think he'd want to fit him with some offensive minded guys. And, you know, Sharon Govich has played some center this year. He's, I think he's better on the wing, but he can play center. And, you know, on paper, if you look at, you know, you throw Huber Joe, Kuzmenko, and Sharon Govich on a line, stack them up the offensive zone at every faceoff and let them go nuts, there could be something there. But I think the big question for the Flames is, you know, for the remainder of this season and going forward, do they have enough uh, NHL-quality mm-hmm. centers to really fill out their lineup? Because they've got a ton of wingers, and they added a pretty good one in the trade. But the center question, I think, is going to be looming over the team for at least the remainder of this season. One other uh, piece of the puzzle that may be in play is uh, Jacob Markstrom. Is that still a uh, thought process for uh, Craig Conrad that to entertain trade offers for the goaltender? I mean, what the season is having, I think he'd be he'd be you know not doing his job if he doesn't entertain offers. But I mean, you know, Jacob Markstrom is a guy who has a, a no move clause in his contract, and you know they they have a great deal of respect for the, for the player. Uh, you know, he's one of the the leaders in their room, and I think you know I think if you're in a situation where you're doing things that'll make the team arguably less competitive for the next year or two, I think you have the conversation with him of hey. You know, there's probably a diminished chance of uh, of a lengthy playoff run in the next year or two. Do you want to be here, or you want us to find you a better spot? And if if he's a guy that wants to be there, then I think they're more than happy to have Jacob Markstrom on their team for the remainder of his contract because you know he's a he's a guy who's that good and that important to them. But also, if if uh, they can get uh, a really good value for him, and if they can find him a spot that he'd want to be. I think they'd have that conversation, but uh, by all accounts, you know, he's, he's not in any hurry to move. And mm-hmm. I think the, the team wouldn't even want to broach the subject with him unless they had a deal that would knock his socks off and knock their sock off. Do they think Dustin Wolf is ready to dem- take the next step at a, at a higher level with, uh, you know, more games and more playing time and things like that? I would say so. He's, he's only, he's only played a handful of games in the NHL and, you know, I think uh, there's still some work to do. He's still pretty young, but, you know, in in the games that we've seen him in here, he's shown some flashes of that brilliance that we've seen at lower levels. And you know, he's he's one of those guys where after you've been named AHL Goalie of the Year back to back years and the MVP last year, what's left for him to really accomplish in the American League? And you want to keep him moving and keep him progressing and keep him challenged. And I think the only way to do that is to put him in the NHL. Interesting times in Calgary. Oh, boy. Uh, thanks so much for your time today, Ryan. Really appreciate it. Shedding, uh, shedding a little light on the trade and uh, what the Flames are doing moving forward. Uh, thanks for hopping on today. Thanks for having me. That's Ryan Pike, Flames Nation. And our puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Head to FountainTire.com to check out their winter tire lineup and brand offerings. Text coming in, 1-833-401-1440. Who won the trade last night, Vancouver or Calgary? Ricky in the Donuts says, Lindholm had four points in the Flames' 20 goals in the five-game series against the Oilers in the 2022 playoff series. Dreisaitl and McDavid had 12 and 10 points on the Oilers' 25 goals. I don't think the Oilers ought to be concerned about the recent Canucks 
acquisition. And just to clarify, Anthony in the hats, uh, he's definitely says he's not a Flames fan. He spelt it small F, big L, so Lames fan. I thought the spelling gave it away. I don't know, just the way you worded your text, Anthony. I assumed that you were a Flame fan. And when you said, as long as the Oilers don't win, it's worth it. When we come back, we will uh, check in with a little NBA talk. We'll uh, figure out exactly what's going on in, well, some certain areas with Ladislav Schmid that's coming up at 8 o'clock because he's got a couple of big projects on the go. One's called Schmid's Elite and one's with the Oilers Entertainment Group with Every Kid Deserves a Shot. That's coming up at 8 o'clock between 8 and 10 with our co-host Ladislav Schmid on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. 7.40 break, Brian Adams. That could be a newer one, one of the fresher BA Cuts Duke. One of the newer ones, for sure. and that one doesn't get played super often no. here. So you were complaining yesterday, so I figured I'd <laughs> throw, a little, to, throw a little change. I, deeper I, dive. I fully had plans to play Diana today. I know oh. that's your, yeah. your favorite. It just reminds me too much of the princess. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you sad. Oh. <laughs> um, King of Fort Nasty texts in one 1440 I would say the Flames won the trade. Got lots in return, good picks, not to mention Kuzmenko has proven that he can be a great player in the right circumstance, uh, yada, yada, yada. But the tra- this trade may prove as disastrous for the Canucks as the time the Duke went ice fishing with dynamite. Man, sometimes, you know, the king comes rec- in. I don't recommend it. I wouldn't doubt it if you've done it. What's the phrase? Shooting fish in a barrel? Yes. That's a different terminology, Duke. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it could be similarly applied. I don't think so, no. Um, <laughs> you were talking about, uh, like, the all-star destination. So you were at one destination, this is a while back, where you went on a little trip? The for, So I, was, I finished my first semester at oh, Nate. Oh, so it's a long time so, ago. Well, no, it was like two years ago. Oh, so okay. the spring, uh, first week of May of 2022. Uh, a a friend that I graduated high school with, she was getting married down in Mexico and I was kind enough to receive an invitation. Not a lot of our other friends ended up going just because of scheduling and it was, you know, a little on the pricey side, but I just finished my first semester of, uh, you know, this new life I set out to live and I was like, what a treat. All inclusive? All 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 inclusive. So like, like, I know, and I, because I'd never done this before, the all-inclusive uh, holiday type thing. So I was like asking, I was like, what about like all the restaurants that are inside the resort? Like sometimes I'd heard that they weren't necessarily covered and you had to pay separate for those. That was not the case here. Every single thing. You did not have to spend a dollar inside the walls of the resort, except of course for, you know, tipping and courtesy and, and things like that. So lots of great food, lots of great drinks. And you tried every drink on the menu, obviously. I think, I think pretty close, yeah. yeah. Some some off-menu items, you know, you ask the bartenders what's something they like to make that's uh, maybe not the norm or their favorite thing, and they'll they'll mix you up a little something special. One of the best drinks ever, Duke, the day after. So normally you go down to those resorts and the bars open at, what, 10, 11 in the morning technically, and you're down at the beachside bar, and... Next time you're down there, Duke, or if someone, one of our listeners, ask them to pour pour you, it's called an ugly, U G L Y, and it's the most, it's the most, it's just beautiful. It's the perfect drink for the day after. Have a couple of them, and um, it's just it refreshing. It gets you going, gets you a little jump. And what an ugly is is about ah, uh, you pour about four, four or five ounces of beer in a cup in a glass, and then you take tomato juice. 
and you pour it very slowly, very, very slowly, Duke, down the side of the glass. Mm-hmm. And it just sinks and slowly slides down the side of the glass, sinks to the very bottom. So you can, it's totally red on the bottom and then beer on the top, total separation. Then you take a couple, like a pinch of salt mm-hmm. and you wait for it to fizz just a little bit. Then you drink it all at once. Not fast, not slow, but steady. You drink the beer and then once your back of the throat starts to, to burn a little bit from that beer, the tomato juice just hits it, Duke, and it slides right down. Wow. And then you say, boy, that's A, dr- un- a drink that's that ugly. comes with very specific instructions. Oh, I like that. I'll bet you. And you try it, Duke, and you're going to go. I've had versions of this, mm-hmm. um, the beer and clam. Yeah, well, uh, everywhere. Of course. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I, of the morning, like the morning drinks, I prefer beer and OJ, or actually my personal favorite is beer and Sunny D. Uh, sunny beers. That's a very popular one at slow pitch tournaments. Yeah. Tomato soup just texted in. Can't say what he said, but I'll guarantee you. <laughs> he said tomato, it sounds bad. Sounds bad. I will guarantee you tomato soup. You try this on, if you're going out Friday night or whatever, try this Saturday morning and you got to get Heinz tomato juice and you just pour it so slowly, very, very slowly. We had the whole town of Chicago drinking these about 30 years ago. It's refreshing. It gets you going. It's exciting. It's good. It's like a junior mint. It Who is. Who doesn't love it? <laughs> Text coming in, one 401 Ant-Man says, heard some Flames fans saying they did the trade to Vancouver to help them beat Edmonton. How to tell us and how to tell us we live rent free in their mind without directly telling us? Uh-huh. Uh, did you hear that just from other Oilers fans on Twitter or this text line? Because there's mm-hmm. been a few texts coming in with similar uh, sentiments this well, morning. Well, add in the Zadorov trade. You yeah, know, you're, just- you got two trades, two pretty big pieces of what Vancouver thinks is part of its puzzle moving forward to the playoffs. And now we're hearing that maybe Zadorov might be flipped elsewhere, and Chris yeah. Tanev. There you go. Back to Vancouver. Everyone's so. not so happy with Zadorov. But again, think about when you make trades, all the trades at the deadline, if you don't have that chemistry, it's not going to help you. No, it's it's about the talent that you bring in, but just as much so about the fit, mm-hmm. right, and everything. So, Which why I think like it's obviously a very low-key ad, and hopefully not all the others do, but a, a piece like Corey Perry who has, you know, fit – into a number of different and show has shown an ability to kind of uh, become a chameleon yeah. with whatever team he's playing on. I think that's a great ad for that reason. And of course, it came at no cost, which mm-hmm. is an added benefit too. But can't remember what was um, Rangers last year at the deadline. Patrick, Patrick Kane, Kane and Tarasenko. Yeah, that's, those are two big nuts. Didn't really fit. Didn't fit at all. Lose first round. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes sometimes it's the small plays at the deadline that end up paying the biggest dividends. And yes, big ads can be great and, and give you a lot of optimism heading into the playoffs. But sometimes it's just about rounding. Like if your team's plugging along well, sometimes it's about rounding out, adding some depth, giving you a little more security in your lineup. It's mm. it's not always about the biggest splash. And quite often at the deadline, you have to overpay for some of these things. The, the Lindholm one and a few techs have said it as well. And I think I agree. Unless they sign Lindholm or re-sign Lindholm, like this is a pretty expensive rental price. Massive. But the but the thing is to re-sign him, like you said, Kevin, with the Pedersen extension uh, required, that's going to be a pretty pretty tough task for newly extended uh, GM Patrick Alvin. So a very curious case with Vancouver. But I I I am on record saying that I am in favor of the all-in mentality. Mm-hmm. Like flags fly forever. Not, nothing tomorrow is, <laughs> is guaranteed, right? So if you got to, like, the Canucks obviously have a very good team this year, 
Put your chips in the middle. Go for it. Deal with the consequences after the fact. But the key is you got to win, of course. So, or at least you got to get there. You, you got to make you can a great get there. Push. I mean, you can only do so much, and you need luck on your side. But Thanks. you have to put yourself in a position there, and there lies the rub with uh, you know what Ken Holland, what he's looking to do, if he has to do anything. I'm sure there's a little fit little piece that he's thinking about kz texts in do you think jonathan taves comes back like zach parisi oh i i don't think so this year i just don't see taves coming back this year maybe maybe next year i would be shocked if if he surfaces this year but uh, maybe there's an opportunity for him once everything you know he gets healed up both mentally and physically and maybe there's a chance that he can come back down the road but man uh, he was so good in all areas of the game for so many years in Chicago. Uh, Stair Farmer, uh, we've got to do a little deeper dive on this, Donovan, the intern. Uh, good morning, boys. Liam Reddicks, congrats on the great career and well-deserved jersey retirement in the Swedish League. Remember Liam Reddicks here, Duke? I do. Yeah. He was uh, had a lot of success. Yeah, he was a kind of a smaller player, yep. and you know, the Oil Kings were great at pumping out those kind of guys for a good stretch. Liam Reddicks was kind of like a James Hamblin, you know, traits similar traits where you had to kind of dart in and out, and uh, you had to you know, you're not taking a shift off, things like that. Uh, Adam says, "Great deal for the Canucks. Looks like a steep price, but it's really just a first and some unproven talents." Monahan is next man up, and that spot but i'm not sure that's a piece that the oilers need well they'd have to according to frank saravalli and we'll ask this again that it uh, a first round a first round selection is what would take to uh, acquire a player like sean monahan coming up top of the hour it'll be ladislav schmid our co-host from eight to ten Mark Spector on the mark for Booster Juice and Frank Saravalli. Our headliner of the day for Mr. Rooter. Ethan Morrow will guest uh, with us, Laddie and myself, the former NHLer, now at uh, Athol Murray College in Notre Dame. We've got Tyler Greenslade from Harry Ainley, Triprov coming up, and Ian Herbers from the Golden Bears hockey team at 1020. Before all that and the top of the hour, it's time for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by First Round. Watch the Super Bowl. Not this Sunday, but the next Sunday at First Round, Downtown, or West Edmonton Mall. You could win a trip to watch your favorite team next year. Here is the Duke 